Welcome to Shoot the Breeze with Alexandre Marie. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram at Alexandre Marie underscore talks. Shoot the Breeze with Alexandre Marie is a podcast where we will discuss everyday topics that are affecting the Black community from mental health, education, sexuality, spectrum disorder, the Black dollar, the Black culture, Black businesses, Black relationships, and more. This is Shoot the Breeze with Alexandre Marie. And remember, what consumes your mind controls your life. everything that's happening in the world I still find it baffling to say the least that any man of any other ethnicity or race approaches a black female as a novelty. I want to make this extremely clear to anyone out there that's listening that is not of the black race. Okay, because I'm not going to say African-American because let's get serious. There are other blacks in the world and we know this being you know caribbean of of caribbean descent and not african-american um and i am 100 percent sure that african-american women get this approach as well but i get i get it a lot you know, and I also get it from our brothers that are not, you know, Caribbean, that are African-American. Caribbean women, women that are from Africa, Afro-Europeans, we're not fucking novelties. We're not something to try we're not something that should be on your bucket list okay and you know you may have you may have a friend male or female they may be caribbean you may be around them or their you know sisters or mothers and you may say dang you know like you may sit ponder And say, this is how, you know, Caribbean women are. This is how women from Africa are. Like, wow. I should get me one. I should, I should, I should try to date one. That should not. And fine. There may be other Caribbeans out there that's like, girl, girl. 
If they want to try us, let them try us because we know we're lit. We know we're amazing. We know we're beautiful. I have nothing against interracial dating. I've dated outside of my race. I have nothing against it. But I can say that looking back and being approached, I've been approached by Indians. I've been approached by Jews. I've been approached by whites. And I get offended when they say, well, we know you're not African-American. Are you like from Africa or are you from the Caribbeans? As if there's something about me that's so distinctive. And if there is, then fine. And I must admit, yes, there are distinctive features from people that are in the from the Caribbeans. And one of it is our almond-shaped eyes. A lot of Caribbeans have either very almond-shaped eyes or their eyes, you know, like my daughter would say, black Chinese. Even though, you know, we people of color created everything. I'm going to leave it at that. If you don't believe me, go read, go do your research. I'm not here to be your history teacher and, you know, go down the list of why and how we create everything and how, you know, all the features of the world have come from us. I'm, I'm not here to do all that. Believe it or not, that's not my problem at this point. But yes, that is a feature that many Caribbeans have. Um, so I suppose that sets me apart, I guess. Um, and the cheekbones, but African-American have high cheekbones as well. So I don't know. I, I could say it could be the color of my skin, but then again, I've seen the same approach to darker skin female from the Caribbeans and from Africa. And I just don't like the language. I don't like, I just want to try a black girl. I just want to see how it is with a black girl. You, you know, and if that's, if that's, if that's what you want to do and you know, you can't see me put the air quotes up, but that's what I'm doing. Try a black girl. We know this. Don't come at us saying that. Don't make that a part of your approach. Because doing so, at least for me, I'll just sit there and think, wow, I'm, I'm, Nothing's gonna, nothing is gonna come from this. I'm over 30. I'm in my early 30s, reaching mid 30s. I'm not a high school or a college kid. You know, when you wanna experiment and try, those are your college years. You know, from 17 to let's say 23. You wanna experiment, you wanna try, you wanna see if. 
you know, you like a little extra seasoning in your food. Again, we're all human, you know, but when I've dated outside of my race, it, I, I did not have that notion. I did not have that on my mind at all. It was like, well, yeah, you know, he's a cool white dude. She's a cool white chick or a cool Spanish chick or, you know, a cool Spanish guy or whatever. Like, that was it. Honestly. Yes, I distinguish that, man, they're cool Spanish or cool white or cool Asian or whatever because that's their, um, that's their ethnicity. But I did not sit there and have a bucket list like, all right, I want to go on a date with someone from Trinidad and Tobago, but he has to be like Indian, not black. I, I want to date a, a white girl. I want to date you know, Spanish girl, I want to go on a date with a white guy, da, 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 just, just to see if there's a connection. Let me go on a date with every, that's not, look, that's not on my bucket list and we shouldn't be on your bucket list. And I'm so tired, you know, of being approached by men and it's the same. It's, it's, it's the same. I don't know if it's the way I speak. I don't know if it's the, my features. And don't get me wrong. I have nothing, you know, against how I look. Like, you know, can I lose a few pounds around the belly? Yes. And, and yes, do I like to be more slender? I do because it, you know, it brings out my jawline and my cheekbones, right? Um, there are certain features that you can see more when you have less, um, fat on your face. Um, and when I gain weight, I gain weight everywhere from like my face to my hands, to my feet, to my everywhere. So of course, if I could, you know, sit there and freeze the fat or melt the fat on certain parts of my body, I will. But same goes when I lose weight, I lose weight everywhere. So whatever it is that's having these men of other races and ethnicities come to me and basically say to me, like, I want to try you. Like, I, what do you mean you want to try me? I'm not food. I'm not a delicacy. I'm not, you know, I'm not Mount Everest. I'm a fucking human being. You know, and it's like, oh, I, you know, I would have thought you would have appreciated my realness. I thought you would appreciate I'm coming to you straight. I'm being real with you. I'm telling you how it is. I'm telling you what I want. I want you. I want to try you. Like, there's something about you. I don't know if that's worked for other women and maybe it has. And that's the problem. That That's the problem right there. If that has worked for other women, ladies, please hold yourself to a higher standard. This nonsense of having men come up to us and say, oh, I want to try you. I want to see how you are. 
in bed. I want to taste you. Like, I want to know if all of that is true that I've heard. Like, you don't need to come up to me and tell me all of that. And that right there, that right there crushes everything. Because it's not a vibe. Right now, I feel like I'm a task for you. Like, you're ready to get married, right, to whoever, you know, whatever race, ethnicity, religion that you are. But you want to make sure you check this off your list because, you know, you don't want to be a cheater and you don't want to be out with your boys one day or at work. And then you guys go afterwards or even at work in general and you see someone like me. And you're like, fuck, man, like, I knew before I got married, I should have tried a black girl. Not just a black girl. I should have tried a Haitian girl. Yo, I heard they could cook. I should have tried an African girl, man. I heard how they are with their men. Like, they daunt over them. Yo. And I think that's what pisses a lot of women of color and a lot of men of color when we see our people dating outside of our race because we feel like, yo, you're just a novelty to them. They don't love you. They can't understand you. They're never going to know how you feel. And for you to want to date them you know, it's totally disgusting. Da, da, da. Like, I understand it. Sorry, guys, I'm recording um, this and I'm not really set up. Like, my podcast setup is not set up, so it's going to be a little raw right now. But I had to say this, I had to speak about this because this guy's trying to get at me, and, you know, that's his approach. And I keep telling him, like, oh my. Stop messaging me. Stop texting me like this. It's ridiculous. And I'm like, yo, the same way you want to try a black girl, I'm pretty sure there's many black girls out there that want to try a Spanish guy. And when I get approached by Jews, and let me tell you, it's no joke. I get approached by Jewish men and Indian men a lot. And I work with, I work in a largely populated Indian culture, like a lot of my clients are or have been. Again, I'm sorry, my I haven't really set up my podcast. You're gonna hear neighbors and everything today. I'm so so sorry. Um, I will try my best to edit as much as I can, but it's gonna be very raw right now. But I'm so tired of it. I'm so so tired of it. You know, and don't get me wrong. It's not that I I do or don't like the um, attention. I just, you know, when you ask the universe, hey, can you send my husband my way? I'm ready to settle down. I don't know if the universe is like, can you get past that? Can you get past how he's coming across you? You know, maybe it was a mistake or maybe 
he just didn't know how to approach you. Like I have, I have like a guy friend that says like, that says, you know, you're, you're just unapproachable to many black men. Like, really? That's that's not the case, because I've had African men approach me, and I don't consider Asian men like Indians to be white. Um, but no, I just, I just, I just wanted to say that, you know, for, because this is an international podcast, I have people from other countries listening, and I just, I just want you guys to stop. Just stop. You know... I don't know what females you guys you guys were able to lay down and get with that fell for that line. Um, there must have been some. And again, we're only human. Many of us is like, man, I wonder how it would be to date like an Asian, or I wonder how it would be to date a white guy. I wonder how it would be to you know. That's all fine and dandy. Don't get, you know, we're human. What can we, what can we do? But it's the way you come across. It's the delivery. For me, I think it's, it's the delivery. And it's just, what's the point? You're not going to want to marry us. You're not going to want to build a life with us. You're not going to want us to have your children. And that's the that's what bothers me. That's the problem that we are something on your freaking bucket list. You know, it's not I wonder how it is to date an Asian. Let me date an Asian. Let me see if we vibe. Let me see if I could build something, you know, with you know, because I have so many Asian friends. I live in like an Asian community. There's not many, you know, people of my race. It's not like that, you know. For me, I could I could honestly say that. I can say like, man, a lot of like Indians are coming across me. I'm working with a lot of Indian families. I go into a largely populated Indian community um and i'm buddhist and many of them are hindu so um you know we we can converse about religion i i know about the hindu religion i have ganesh statues in my house um you know so for me personally if i were to sit and say okay I guess I could see. I wonder how it would work. It, it's probably after one has approached me and asked me out. It's not, I'm just sitting around like, oh, okay, I wonder how it would be to date an Indian. Or like, it's one of my top things to do before I die. No, that's not the case. So when it comes to people that do date outside of their race or religion or ethnicity a lot of the times it's because they're in an area that's populated with just that race just that ethnicity 
just that religion or whatever. And, you know, the person from the opposite side comes across and asks them on a date or they're getting friendly or they work together. And that's when they wonder, okay, how would it even work? That is a totally different stance than you sitting there and having a list of five different types of men or women you want to try before you get married. It's a rant. This is this is just a rant. But this is definitely um, leading to an, another podcast episode. So this is going to lead to how, yes, we're not novelties, but this is definitely leading to a serious podcast episode where not just to educate our people about what black people have brought to the table, but what black women in general have brought to the table because we are the most disrespected in America. We are the most disrespected race and person in America. And I want to, you know, throw out some information and educate some of my brothers and some of my sisters um, just about us and what we brought to the table and what we're still bringing to the table and what we're doing in medicine and what we're doing in science and what we have done in medicine in science. And let me tell you, we are not what these white people want us to believe or what they want us to see for ourselves when we look in the mirror. We're not that. We are beautiful. We are intelligent. We are freaking amazing. And there is a lot out there that you will never, never know from school. You have to read. You have to pick up a book. You're scrolling so much on Facebook and Instagram. There's so many pages, profiles that is feeding us all this information. And the algorithms just won't let them get through to you. I understand. Believe me, I do. So what what can you do? Go to the library. I understand it's COVID. Fine. You have a computer, right? You have a, a phone, right? Just Google. Just Google black women in science history, right? Put a hyphen, dash, whatever. Google will know exactly what you mean. What you mean. You could do the same in medicine. You could do the same in education. You could do the same for politics. We are here. We have contributed so much. And the white man knows this. 
knows this so much that we are more likely to die giving birth than a white woman. Do you know that? We're viewed to be so strong, like impenetrable, that when we say we're in pain, and I, and I felt this personally, personally, when giving birth to my son. So when I was in the, let's back it up. So I, I wanted a natural birth with my son. Um, because when I had a nepidor with my daughter, I still felt some type of pain, discomfort. I didn't like how I felt afterwards. I didn't like the burning sensation. I didn't like the headaches. I didn't like, I didn't like that afterwards, you know, and my mom didn't like it afterwards. She didn't like it during, she didn't like it afterwards. She's like, if you have another kid, just don't do it again. And I, and I was so adamant. I wasn't going to do it again. But with my son, I had gestational diabetes and then preeclampsia came I think about third trimester and when it came it came hard I I dilated eight eight plus centimeters you know the nurse kept saying are you good are you good they kept coming back like do you want a epidural do you want a because at the end of the day when you look at it that adds a good I think Think about, depending on the hospital, but it adds a good couple of grand to your total, that epidural. So they're always going to push it. It's not even about you being comfortable. It's about, well, dang, if she doesn't get this epidural, then this delivery is is going to be about five, six, seven thousand $7,000 less than what it can be. So let's let's keep asking. And I I was rocking back and forth. I was doing everything. But compared to my daughter, my son was about two 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 plus pounds more than my daughter. And they were 13 years apart. So my gynecologist said, your body is gonna treat this like this by by this I mean this pregnancy like it's your first because you have more than a decade between children so your body does not understand that you've had a child prior so your body's gonna react like this is your first child and it's a big one like your son's over eight pounds and I was like I got this I got this you know my mom's smaller than me I was the smallest child. All the other kids were, I think, like seven and a half, eight pounds. Like, I think one of my siblings was close to nine pounds, if not nine pounds. I'm like, I got this. But I didn't. Right? And I think if I had a different support system there, maybe I would have. Um... You know, maybe if I had my mom there, the one I wanted to be there rather than who was there, which was my son's father. Um, I don't know, but I got the epidural. 
And, you know, this was like, you got it, you got it, but you got it like, you know, you should have had it before, da, 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 whatever. And I'm saying something's not right. I'm in pain. I'm pushing as hard as I can and I'm just not, you know, and I had, um, I had a training doctor, but one of my nurses was black. The head doctor that was coming in and out was black. And I had two training white doctors. <laughs> I was pushing myself for, I don't, I, you know, right now, let's just say a very long time. And I said, I, I, I need more or something because I am in excruciating pain. I saw my numbers were going up and I wanted to save the placenta, but I saw my blood pressure rising. You guys, it went over like 220, 200. It was climbing because I was so aggravated and so annoyed. I had to tell them to leave. They, and then they, you know, they left a few times. One of the times I was like, can y'all just leave? Like, just leave. Cause you're pissing me off. You're not listening to me. I had, you know, the black females sitting there saying, girl, you got this, you know, like you're, you know, you're really good at negotiating, you know, what do you do for, uh, for a living, but you got this. There's people in other countries that don't have like any kind of pain medication. Like first and foremost, you're the fucking ones that came to me and begged me to get this. And I'm telling you, it's still not working. You know, and they're like, okay, we have to, we have to leave. I hear them in the hallway. Like, there's nothing we could do now. If, you know, telling my son's father, if she does not deliver, the baby's going to lose oxygen. Like we have to find a way to make her push because she's well past C-section. We cannot give epidural anymore. Like she just needs to calm down. Like she's there. We will do the rest. Just Mind you, I can hear all this. You guys are not seeing how my blood pressure is rising. Oh, no, you do see it because that's why you keep stepping out, right? And then you're wondering, well, why when we, we come back, it's down and then it comes back up. So the black guy comes back in and he's like, you know, He's, he's like, let me tell you. I'm like, I already heard you. I know what it is. I have to push. I'm telling you it hurts. I'm telling you just like, no, something else needs to happen. I don't know what you need to do, but something you need to do something because a, I'm not losing my child. I did not want a C-section. And I said, can I get one at one point? Because it was so painful and I knew something was wrong <sighs> for obviously finally I gave birth to a beautiful baby boy but the experience of the pregnancy and giving birth I was like oh you know what I just I should just adopt or foster but this is to say they don't care. When you say you're in pain, they'll sit there and say, well, where are you from? 
many people in your country don't get epidurals. Like, they just have six, seven babies, no epidural, raw, and this, like, no kind of pain medication, not even a Tylenol. Like, this is what your body's meant to do, so it'll do it. Yeah, you're right. But they also, they also don't have those preconditions in all the other countries. Did you guys know that? Did you guys know that it is so rare in the Caribbeans and in Africa for a female to have gestational diabetes and preeclampsia during their pregnancy compared to women in the United States? Right? And now no matter what, no matter where my son goes, as far as like medical um, procedures, like no matter what, right? Whether, you know, he goes to the ER, whether it's a new doctor, a new, a new pediatrician that we have to send him to, the question's always the same. Um, how was the pregnancy? You know, was it full term? Was it induced? Did mom have any conditions during the pregnancy? And they're not asking about, you know, kidney failure or anything like that or cancer, whatever, HIV, blah, blah. Of course, that'll come. They want to know, did mom have gestational diabetes or preeclampsia? Because that's actually toxic to the body. So toxic that I was like, I, I wanted, first of all, I didn't want the placenta to be detached. And then, and I hear them, I hear the doctors like, we have to put that, you know, in a bio, whatever, um, because her blood pressure was skyrocketed like we need to, you know and they and I heard them like we should examine that and see what happened like the and I wanted it and they're like you can't walk out with that and don't get me wrong I was so annoyed I wanted to sue and I and I later on I found out I had every right to take that home I could have sued and I, you know all that but then by the time I would have got my placenta back it would have defeated the purpose but, you know, it wasn't about money for me. I just wanted that for my own, you know, religious, spiritual reasons. But, yeah, I could have died. My blood pressure could have went so high that I could have had a seizure while giving birth. And this is, this is from after, you know, me speaking to other doctors and they're like, no, 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 you could have died. You could have had a seizure. They should have tried better to, you know, calm you down. Um, because if you would have had a seizure and the child was past the breaking point of um, a C-section, they and you and your son's father obviously you know you guys are not married there's no will and testament or whatever the child's not born yet or anything yeah they would have chose to save you over your child first and then 
And if they would have saved your child afterwards, your child would have had brain damage and so on and so forth. And you know, for me, personally, that the type of individual I am in my personality, if you would have come into the room and said, listen, like, I know you're in pain. I understand that. And give it, give it to me. Give it to me straight and say, in a, in, you know, we need to do this. They did not do that until I basically said to them, yo, I, I, I can't really remember what I said, but I basically was in so many words. If my son, if I lose my son, I'm suing the fuck out of all of you. I was that livid. I was like, I'm that livid because you're not listening to me. I'm telling you I'm in pain. I'm telling you something's wrong. My blood pressure is rising and you keep coming back in here and the way you're speaking to me, it's not helping me at all. Not at all. So, um, so yeah, they didn't, they didn't do any of that until after I said I was going to pretty much sue them. So then that's when they came in and they were straight with me. They were like, look, your blood pressure is really high. Um, we can't do anything right now. Just push as much as you can and we'll pull him out. But you're going to tear. We're going to have to sew you. And then the doctor said, look, I'll do, I'll do the best job that I can. But if you're saying you can't right now, if you don't have the strength. And I'm like, the strength? And I said, it's not about the strength. And that's when my son's father was like, just calm down. He's just trying. I'm like, no, don't say that. We don't, I don't have the strength. It's not the strength that I don't have. I am tired. I've been pushing. I'm exhausted. So yeah, right now I don't have that particular strength. I don't have that kind of stamina right now to do that. No, especially since hello, you gave me an epidural. So you took a certain amount of whatever strength I could have. That's why I did not want the epidural to begin with, but I was in so much pain that I could not function and deliver with that pain. Like I would have just been so focused on the pain, so I did not want that. So then he goes, okay, I get it, but we just need you to hold on and just push. We will, we will pull them out that's what we have to do now like but now I have to go and I'm like you're not using clamps you know I told him I was like I don't want any of that he's like okay then I'll use my hands I'm like yeah you you can yeah use your hands please because that can cause brain damage and I was like I was like don't pull until you know like around like the shoulders because again so many things can happen during childbirth and we don't know until later on, right? So my son was born, believe me, you, I was definitely examining his body, making sure his joints and everything were aligned um, because I was in pain, but then I couldn't feel at the same time if that makes any difference. Or it makes any sense, I mean. 
But no, you guys, look, they don't care about us. And if I, and if I, if I didn't speak up, and again, it's the, the nurses, even the doctor was like, what does she do for a living? Like, she's really, really, like, bossy, and she's really, like, demanding. First of all, you guys are working for me right now. I'm not working for you. You're working for me, and your job right now is to ensure that this delivery goes without a hitch. That's your job right now. I'm not working for you, and I made them understand that. I made them understand that I'm not working for you. So, guys, ladies, that's what you have to do. Too many of us are dying during childbirth because we're so afraid to speak our mind and they don't want to listen to us and we don't want to come off as the angry black woman. Look, before we even say a word, we're already looked at as the angry black woman. We might as well be that angry black woman to ensure that our children survive giving birth and so do we. Okay? So this is definitely leading up to that podcast. Um, and I, I just want to educate you guys, you know, and let you know we have contributed so much to society, to this culture, to this world. And by we, I mean us black women, not to say our black brothers have not done anything but you guys are noticed and we are just dirt beneath the feet of everyone we're stomped on we're spit on you know we're kicked we've been raped we've been raped in so many ways sexually mentally financially emotionally physically and the only way that rape stops is if we educate our daughters our sisters our aunts grandmothers mothers we need to educate our black women that's all i have for you guys today um Short, sweet, I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know it's a rant. And like I said, I just wanted to get a little bit off my chest today because I had this on my mind. And I'm like, you know what? This is something that I really want to talk about. So I'm going to. But um, it's very raw today. I didn't really set up anything to tell you the truth, guys, it's just my phone and my lavalier in my living room today, right now. That's all it is. Nothing crazy. Um, and I'm recording on a recording app, which I'm going to then transfer to my host, my podcast ho- host station. But that's all I got. This is this is it. Um, meaning 
that's all I'm using today. So you're, you know, if you heard anything crazy, sorry again for all the background noise. Um, but I love you guys. Thank you so much for the support that I'm getting for season two. Um, don't think I forgot about the app. I am working on it. Believe me, you, I'm working on it. Um, and check out my Teespring t-shirt, um, website. So go on my Instagram, which is at Alexandre Marie underscore talks. So A-L-E-X-A-N-D-R-E-M-A-R-I-E underscore T-A-L-K-S. And look under the webpage that shows my business, my blog, my business, which is lots of last child services, my blog for that. It shows where all of my podcast is available, where mostly where it's available. There's other places it's available that I didn't post, but it shows the major podcast platforms and it shows my t-shirt. So, um, t-shirts and ties and bags and things like that. I do have a couple of other things that I'm designing to put on there. So yes, please support me on Teespring. It's um, Indigo Rising Clothing. So support that if you can, please. I have had sales, which is amazing. Um, And I'm definitely getting more into the designer aspect of things. I have so many cool ideas where I'm going to post towards fall so I'm gonna really come out with like a fall t-shirt line uh so please support that and as always you guys we are who we ought to think we ought to be stay blessed